Hi, my name is Stefan Sindoni. Today's program is entitled Sleeping with the Fishers. Today's date is December 2nd, 2020. Wow, this year is almost gone, come and gone here. My guest tonight is comedian Alan Gitlin, the G-Man. Alan, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing, Stefan? What's going on, buddy? Well, you've got some interesting stories to tell tonight. And uh, I want to get right into them because I'm excited to hear some of your stories. Can you share a few of those stories with us tonight, Alan? Yeah, I could. I just got to make sure that I don't give my real name because I might be buried with the fishes. <laughs> That's right. That's why the name of the show is Sleeping with the Fishes because either one of us might be, you know, uh, sleeping with the fishes. They might have cement uh, shoes for, for both cement of us. Shoes, yeah. And I got some pretty big shoes, so they got to be pretty, some, some pretty big cement blocks. Yeah, mine won't be that large. <laughs> that's another story, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's another story to have, yeah. All right, so you know. let's cut to the chase here now. Uh, okay. Uh, so I was married to an Italian girl uh, for 15 years, and her uncle had a plumbing and heating business with his brother-in-law, whose father, I guess it was really his father-in-law, I guess, was uh, a cook for the mob. This is, uh, this is the mafia we're talking about, right? Yes, yes, the mafioso, yes. Okay. Or Cosa Nostra, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and uh, they were very close to them. They were involved with the Gotti family when the Teflon Don was around. And Sammy the Bull was his brother-in-law's brother-in-law. That's that kind of on the other side. And they had a plumbing and heating business in Long Island. And his brother-in-law used to have guys come over from Italy and they would get him plumbing and heating licenses and get him citizenship in the United States for Mr. Gotti. And there's a couple of stories here. Uh, they bought a Italian restaurant, which was owned by the Gambinos, and they were told not to buy it. And they bought it anyway. And the Gottis and the Gambinos did not get along too well. So they remodeled the whole restaurant in Flatbush. And we actually were going to the restaurant to, for the first, you know, opening day, you know, like opening day, we're having a big party and everything, all the families were coming from both sides, and everybody was coming there. So we bought a big plant to open this restaurant with, and of course, we lived in Jersey, so we come over to Arizona, and we're on the Bell Park, where we see a lot of smoke, and we notice that the closer we get to Flatbush, the closer we get to the smoke. And finally, we get to the street where the restaurant's on, and they won't let us down it because they waited till they remodeled the restaurant, they waited to open the day, and they burned the place down. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say, we didn't go to a grand opening that day. <laughs> uh, they were told not to buy it, but they bought it anyway. You know, also, this is a story that I don't even think you know, which I totally forgot about the other night, actually. So his uncle, my, my ex-wife's uncle, had a nephew who was about the same age as me, which I was about 27, 26, 27 at the time. And nobody knew what this guy did. 
He always had money. He lived with his mother, but he would disappear for like two, three months at a time. We believe he might have been a hitman and just they sent him on different jobs and then he come back and nothing happened. He never had a, never had a real job, but always had money and always had a nice car and always had a girlfriend. But he would go, he'd be there for a couple of months and all of a sudden we didn't know where he was. We don't know where he is. He, he took off and then a couple of months later he'd be back. Where were you? I can't tell you. I just, you know, I just had to get away. We never knew where this kid was. Well, I don't want to say kid, but he was in his 20s. And also there was a few um, stands that we knew, uh, vegetable stands in Staten Island and in Brooklyn, that we know that the Gotti family owned. We know that for sure. And a lot of Italian people went there. They loved the fruit. They loved the vegetables. They loved the flowers. And they had no idea that the Gaudis were behind it, you know. Um, there was an incident that I didn't, I never met the guy, but I heard about him, that he went on his honeymoon, and he came back and disappeared. And then about three or four months later, they found him caught up in a bag in a trunk. We don't know what he did or who he crossed, but... He was about 23 or 24 years old. He went missing one day after about two months of marriage, and his wife never could find him. They looked everywhere for him. And there was an abandoned car somewhere down at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and there he was, cut up in a trunk in a bag. So they were about ready to get him uh, out there to sleeping with the fishes, I guess, that night, huh? He was sleeping with, the, with, with something else. I don't know what the hell he was. <laughs> they, they, must, they must have sliced him up, you know, and he must have crossed somebody up you know, to do that. But they wait till he got married first. You know, they want to, I guess, make him suffer and show and, and have a message sent to him, I guess. You know? Well, that's a message and, and a half that they sent. Yeah, I remember a friend of mine, Chris, who uh, lived on Howard Beach where uh, Gotti lived, and he told me about how Gotti's son was riding a bike and one of the neighbors who lived down the block drove down the block, didn't see the child, and ran him right. over and killed him. And then my friend said to me, he says, you know, uh, Gotti uh, went out of his way to make sure that the kid who killed his son uh, was never seen again. Right. And uh, I went to a wedding where he, where the, um, my, my ex-wife's uncle, uh, brother-in-law, had a wedding for his daughter. And it was a table full of guys, no women, all men, all dressed in nice suits, and they were actually bodyguards at the bathrooms, like watching you, big goons, and it was, in, it was under the L somewhere in Brooklyn, I don't remember exactly where, and a truck backfired on the street, and they all hit the ground. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, I couldn't make this up, man. I couldn't make this up. They all hit the ground, baby. They must have thought somebody was shooting at them or something, I don't know, but it was crazy. It was a whole table, like 20 guys, no women, you know, all wearing these gaudy suits with a white tie, and they were actually bodyguards at, at, the, at, the, at the bathrooms, uh, both the women and the men, just standing there, like, like, like almost like with their arms crossed, just watching everybody go in and out of the bathroom. Um, I actually met Sammy the Bull twice. He wasn't a big guy, a little wide, but he wasn't real big. And he really thought his instinct, let me tell you. You know, he walked around like, you know, don't touch me, man. And he really wasn't a big guy at all, you know. Um, 
I'd be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but her, her uncle eventually uh, split up with his brother-in-law because he was getting in too deep. He actually went away for somebody for five years and came out and owned 20, like 10 businesses because he took the rap for somebody. And all the, there used to be a show on, I don't know what station it was on, one of the cable station called Mob Wives. And all their husbands were in prison. Well, I met all those guys when they were younger or teenagers, and they thought they were hot shit then. And because their, their fathers were in the mob, big shots, they, I guess they, they became little gangsters or whatever, you know. Uh, so I knew, I met them all when they were younger, you know. Um, they were wise asses, and they thought they were hot shit. And, you know, their old man was a big shot in the, in the, in the mob, you know. They were com- up-and-comers and Gotti's friends and all that. And the funny part of this is that um, after I divorced my wife, I got into the car business and I became an outside salesman for a Ford dealership. Now, a lot of the buses, companies in, in New York and in the Bronx, um, I hope I don't get shot in the head for this, uh, <laughs> but uh, they're owned, a lot of them by the, by the mob or, or small mobsters. Uh, Peter Gotti owns one of them. The Genovese family owns one of them. Uh, there's a whole mess of little guys that may, that you know have these businesses, and they're all in bed with New York State. And the funny story is, um, I went to get a bus company uh, for repairs up in the Bronx, and um, my mom had passed away that day, a couple of days before. So school for that meeting, and I couldn't go. So the owner of the dealership and a general manager went. And uh, Steve Genovese was the owner of it, which I didn't know. I just knew his name was Steve. I didn't know who it was when I, until I was getting up there. And um, he told the owner and the general manager, good thing you didn't send your sales rep because I don't deal with underlings. I only deal with owners and big shots. Like, really, who the hell do you think you are, pal? You know? <laughs> so uh, those are some of my stories about the mob. And uh, I can't give out my address now. I may not give out my, my email address or my website. <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny. I, I want to I wanna live a few more years, you know. Well, I, I'll tell you, when my friend told me about the story about Gotti, you know, having the yeah. kid killed who ran his son over with right. the car, a couple of months after that, he goes, you know, Steph, he goes, uh, me and my wife are, are moving to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right. So... That's probably what happened because, you know, loose lips sink ships. And I think right. that's probably what happened because he might have told too many people about Gotti doing the dirty. And right. uh, so he, he left town in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Good fellow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, speaking of good fellows, yes. I grew up in a tough neighborhood in Brooklyn, you know, Williamsburg right. area. And matter of fact, the kids in my block, they didn't go tricking. It was so tough, they didn't go trick-or-treating. They went trick or beating. So if you wore a costume, you got your ass beat in my neighborhood. It was like one of those neighborhoods. But growing up at an early age, uh, Alan, he goes, I knew there was like three types of gangsters. The first were the, the religious gangsters. And I knew that they wanted 10% of your take-home pay, your tidings. Then there was the government. So they wanted your social security number. And they wanted 30% of your take-home pay. But organized crime, their credo was simple. It was either your money or your life, you know? <laughs> so Well, they, 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 you know, they got smart, though. After a while, they don't want your life. They just want to hurt you. 
Because if you if they killed you, you couldn't pay them back no matter what. So well, you know, speaking of payback, yeah, speaking of payback, hey, Willie Sutton, they said, Willie, why do you rob banks? He says, well, that's where the money is. Well, years ago, and you right. know this to be true, if anyone went into a bank with a mask on, you know, right. they knew they were robbing the bank, you know. Right. But today, with this COVID, everybody's required to walk into right. the bank. Now you, don't, you don't, now you can't separate the bank robbers from the real robbers. That's exactly right. Matter of fact, uh, to me, New York State has become right. the state of confusion. And it's the main reason, I think, Alan, that everybody's afraid to go to sleep. I mean, would you? <laughs> and and the, main, the main guy who's robbing the state is, is the governor, Mr. Cuomo. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's exactly right. But, you know... What's funny, his, one of his top right-hand guys got indicted for embezzlement, money, whatever. But right. Mario Cuomo was unscathed. He was like the Teflon governor. Like, he knew nothing about it. Wait a minute. Right. Your, your right-hand man is stealing millions of dollars, and you don't know? <laughs> well, when you, you know, when you, when you put a mask on, you can't see it. You can't see it. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, it's just, it's just interesting, you know. But, you know, what goes around comes around. And I just look at it like, you know what, it's, at some point, the truth will surface, you know, dirt always rises to the top, you know, the scum always comes to the top. And that's what we're, we're really talking about. We're talking about people that just, you know, think that they're all that in a bag of chips, and they're not. They're all lowlifes who we're talking about, but in a nice way. We're being very comedic about it, but all these people, you know, will get in the end what they deserve. So tonight... You know, we share in these stories, but, you know, these guys aren't to be glorified whatsoever. You know, it's a lesson to learn. If you've got children, you teach your children, this is how you should be, not what you shouldn't be. And these people are not very nice people. But I worked for a company, Alan, I'll share this last story. And uh, it was a trucking company. I can't give the name either because I'll have to go into a witness protection program if I do. But I was the, uh, I'll, I'll give out what, what I did. I worked in Jersey, and I was the, uh, the manager, HR manager for a trucking company. And my job was to hire dr- over-the-road drivers. So I'm looking at the Rolodex at all the people that work for us. And one name in particular, like, just got me. It was, like, Carl Jr. And I'm saying, like, does Carl Jr. have a last name? So I asked around, and you don't want to know. Well, you know, you just got here, right? Yeah, I just started working here. Well, just let leave that one alone. So one day over the intercom, there was a, a phone call for Carl Jr. Said, well, Carl Gambino, please go to the phone. <laughs> well, now you found out who Carl Jr. was. So now I peek it, at my... Yeah, it I peek, wasn't a hamburger place either. Right, so now that's exactly right. So now I, 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 I was curious. So I got out of my office and I walk into the hallway just to see... Who was coming up the stairs? So he came up the stairs and he took the phone call in the conference room. And as he walked to the conference room door, he looked back at me and like, you know, he said to the to, to the owner of the company, he goes, "Who's that?" So I went back in my office. You know, you know what I call the legal mafia. Actually, the legal mafia is is the IRS. You know that, right? Yeah.
Daily. Compounded daily. Not weekly, not monthly, daily. So now if you don't pay it, you get pounded daily, right? Uh, no, that was, no, if you set up a payment plan, they'll leave me alone. But it's going to take you forever to pay it off. And the interest is going to be through the roof. You're better off borrowing the money from the mob, probably. Well, you know, you know, it's funny, but years ago, loan sharking, uh, the mob would charge like 20% on a loan. Right. And, and they thought that was a crime. But now, with a credit card, you know, people who, who uh, don't have good credit, 25 like and 30% on a card. Right. So right. Who's, who's robbing who? Right. It's just amazing. Right. You know, one last thing about the, the company I worked for with Carl Jr. there. So the fellow who hired me, who worked with me, he was also in the HR with me. So I said, let's go to lunch. And we went to lunch. And I said, why didn't you tell me who Carl Jr. was? He goes, well, I, I don't want to scare you off. He goes, because... You're a, good, you're a good employee, he goes, and I see the kind of work you do. And he goes, I didn't want to lose you. He said, but I'm going to tell you a quick story. So we're having lunch. He said, uh, Carl Gambino Sr., the father, was in his house. And it was surveillance, you know. They were watching him in Brooklyn. He lived, I guess, in the Sheepshead Bay area right off the water right. there. And the FBI was out in rowboats just watching, you know, Carl and, and uh, all of his guys there, his soldiers there at his house there. So... After about three, four days of this surveillance, Carl says to one of his soldiers, do me a favor, go out there with a rowboat and see if these guys are hungry and bring them all this food out. So they row out to where the FBI is out there and they say, oh, excuse me, guys, uh, food is compliments of, of Mr. Gambino. He knows you guys should be hungry because he knows you haven't eaten all day because you've been watching him all day, so you got to be hungry. So I found that kind of interesting that, you know, here it is. I got a story about, you know, Carl uh, Gambino Sr., but his son, you know, looked just like him when I saw him, you know, because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but these right. apples were rotten, I got to tell you. <laughs> right, right. Hmm. Interesting. Man. Yeah, well, you know, everybody has a story to tell, so I I don't yeah. tell too many people, you know, like, that, that company that I worked for, I don't think I had right. that one on my resume. <laughs> right. I kept, you, I kept that one off. So, Alan... Is there any other stories you want to share with me here tonight? No, that's enough. And uh, don't, lose, don't use my real name, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Humperdink. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so this I'll use my name. This is Steph signing out tonight. This was yeah. Stefan's World, and this is comedy at its best. So if you like what you're hearing tonight and you want more of it, I'll do some more with my... Uh, my guest who will go unnamed uh, as we go forward. <laughs> the unnamed, the unnamed comic. The unnamed comic. Yeah, matter of fact, I even have a a bag here that we can cut some holes out and we can put them up. Yeah, so that way. We can be a jet fan too if you want to at the same time. Well, that's right. Yeah, I'm a loser. Yeah, right. <laughs> Any event, it's not what happens to us; it's how we react to us. So, Alan. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming on tonight. And uh, God willing, we'll do this again, man. We'll do it again. All right, man. No, cool, 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 man. Take Enjoy care. You. Bye. All right, bye. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well,
Good night, sweetheart. Good night.